2: After the famine of game week five came the feast of game week six, with double-digit hauls for many popular midfielders, followed by an 8 0 hammering handed out by Newcastle that brought huge scores for three of their defenders. Next up is our first double game week of the season as Luton and Burnley played twice. Hello, this is the FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. I am Mark Jobling, and with me, as always, is Lewis from FPL Reactions. How are you doing, Lewis? And how did your team do at the weekend?
1: Hi, Mark. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was a big week, wasn't it? Overall, a big score. I mean, for the past couple of weeks, we've been so used to you know really low averages and, and disappointing game weeks. But yeah, it was a it was a really big week for many, with the average at sixty eight. In terms of my team, I so I think. I was unsure of what transfers I was making on the last pod, right? I wasn't too sure what to do, you know, because I was, I was looking to get money for um, a salary move, looking forward. But in the end, I followed suit and brought in Julian Alvarez, like the of a million managers did. I imagine you did the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought in Alvarez, but I also sold Chilwell in the end and brought in um, Fabian Shaw of Newcastle. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was a big, um, I think what what was really good this week was having the double Newcastle defence. I think there was there was a couple that only managed, though non-wild carders, I think only managed to bring one in. Um, so it was good that I did the Botman in last week. So I got 18 points from Botman and Shaw, although I didn't bring in Trippier, who I think matched both of them combined with 18 points for his free assists. Uh, the issue, again, going back to Trippi and not being able to bring him in was, again, you know, funds to be able to bring in Salah looking ahead. Um, other returns came from Astapinan. Obviously, he didn't get the clean sheet, but still, you know, he, he did what he did best and created, picked up an assist. It was a big week for Saka, Madison, and Bruno Fernandes, who scored, picked up 10 points. And obviously, the standard Haaland, captainer. I suppose a disappointing um the disappointing return was that of Julian Alvarez, who again a lot of people brought in this week. And Mbumo, um, who seems to be having a little dip at the moment. But overall, it was 75 points and I managed to stay around the kind of 550k region. So not you know, not a fantastic week, but you know, it was solid. I didn't get a red arrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it. That's the thing about the Alvarez. I'm not even sure I entirely wanted him really because there was a reason it sort of didn't have him until now. It just I don't know it just feels a bit ugly having your two strikers both from the same team, but um over 1.3 million bought Alvarez, so it just felt like it had to happen. And he's continued the the most bought player curse, hasn't he? Every week the most bought player is immediately blanked. <laughs> and yeah. uh I think it's the Newcastle defenders most bought so far. So expect that Burnley goal coming. Um, but yeah, so that that one didn't... Bought him in for Jackson, um, who himself... Oh, dear. Um, yeah, the, well, it was basically the two transfers that were most popular. It was the two most bought players for me coming in, for the two most sold. So it was bottoming in for Chilwell. That one worked because it was debating whether to bring him in for Chilwell or Diaz. And Diaz yeah. kept his clean sheet, and Chilwell, once again, was benched, came on, got booked, zero points. So that was a success. Alvarez for Jackson, it sort of didn't, but it also wasn't punished either. 80 points overall. It was, it was, a, it was a bit of a rise from 759k to 566, but it felt more successful than that at the time, like on, on Saturday night yeah. after after fernandez and onana finally delivered it was it was in the 200s i was thinking right okay this is going to undo last week's damage okay. um you know bruno onana diaz uh, players who have been very frustrating all delivered even two madison assists weren't that expected i thought against arsenal and it was it was good like looking at it now like, it was a really successful game week but then at the same time it it wasn't that successful because so many players elsewhere did it. So yeah, like Trippier um, did it. Son, Matoma, Matoma. Both of those two got fourteen. Uh, More Salah got ten. But, but, but things like that. There was although there was, was a strange feeling at the end of the Newcastle game when they were sort of eight 0 up and Trippier had already bagged his clean sheet. And there's me as a botman owner just absolutely begging. Like I was so so nervous. Because I like Newcastle are definitely
1: going to concede yeah. one here, like <laughs> similar they... position. But I had to obviously Shaw around Botman, and as soon as I saw Tripper off, I was like, right, that <laughs> the clean sheet is going to go. But yeah, thankfully it stayed.
2: So the joy when the full time whistle went was probably disproportionate to what it should be in an eight 0 walkover. But uh, yeah, that was that was really unlucky with Cher because eight different goal scorers, um, and you know various assists, and and to not get any of them is. I'm a defender who was last season's best defender for goal attempts and things like that. And and yeah. the, the two-headed defensive goals and him not being involved is just terrible luck. You know who
1: I, feel, who I feel sorry for the most? Who? Is Callum wilson his. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he started the game, you know, as kind of many expected, you know, a lot because of the rotation between the two. But I think if you saw that Wilson started and it was 8-0 and you just picked up one goal, six points, I think I would have been I would have been pretty uh, upset. Yeah,
2: totally would. Well, it even got to the stage where, like, this might sound a bit silly, but, because Bottman did get 12 points, but it got to the end, you were thinking, oh, I'm a bit good at that he only was involved in one of them, because you're thinking that yeah. eight goals, eight assists, it doesn't look that impressive anymore that he finally scored his first Newcastle goal. But yeah, the, the Wilson owners, that, that that is unlucky. And... We're recording this before uh, Newcastle face Man City in the EFL Cup, so um, it's until the team comes out for that. Uh, both sides will probably rotate quite a bit, you would think, but we can't even predict if it's Wilson or Isaac on on Saturday either. So that's going to be, um, or even you know, does does Alvarez get a rest tonight? If Alvarez doesn't get rested, maybe it finally comes at the
1: weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Alvarez this week because obviously, he, he, you know, Newcastle are a good team. Um, they're going to be tough. You're going to probably want Alvarez but then he's he's kind of got Leipzig coming up as well which is also probably Manchester City's biggest game in that group stage mm. after the weekend. So, yeah, I think Alvarez with Alvarez, I think Manny knew the risks there. You know, he he was a rotation risk. He's got a heavy schedule as well and I just think some of the some of the teams they've got coming up, Arsenal, Brighton, even potentially Man United. You never know with derbies, do you? It, uh-huh. There was there was kind of no long term logic in a sense with the Alvarez move um, in terms of fixtures and rotation. I think it was just more out of he did really well, and now loads of people are getting him in when we need to get him in, or at least it felt like that to me. I kind of felt like I had to get him in.
2: Yeah, so it was just it was just the pressure of of him being bought en masse, but you sort of look back at it now and already think, oh, is that sort of a backwards move? Um, Should it have been a different forward? But it's just not that many forwards standing out at the moment. I mean, Watkins got his first goal of the season, but Jackson, uh, Nicholas Jackson, after um, sometimes when players pick up their fourth booking, they sort of... Don't get their fifth probably ever or or wait a long time um not nicholas jackson uh he got his fifth straight after so that's five yellows from six games and a suspension
1: Um, it's just it's not great i think i think a lot of people who held on to jackson that week would have been very nervous going into going into much going into game week six um I mean it was a good, you know, it was a, it was an okay game on paper for Chelsea Villa, conceding a lot of big chances. But yeah, wasn't to be and 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 now he's a transfer out for people, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. That that thing whereas last week it was popular, I think this week it's kind of undisputed, isn't it really? If you've got yeah. him, he's gone. Um and even I think Malo Gusto, Chelsea right back, had a decent ownership and then he got sent off as well. So you've got those two suspenders. Um, chill well, that might if, if you do still have Ben Chilwell, do you think that might actually be a start against Fulham now and like the Sassi moving to right back or something?
1: Yeah, I think I think Chillwell does start this week. Um, the, the issue is, is is the Chelsea performances, you know, they're not great at the moment, they look really poor, um, in terms of going forward, they don't look Convincing at the back, although the numbers suggest that they could come come good soon. It's just I'm not too sure. I think if if you're a Chilwell owner at this point, I would just bring in a Newcastle defender and 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 just say goodbye to Chilwell for at least until at least game week 16 when the fixtures turn back and we see more stability at the back.
2: Yeah, and that's it was another Sterling blank as well. So. Those who who kept faith for the Chelsea players, there was there was logic in it, but it just sort of didn't happen um, for them. Mm. And one of I was surprised to see Matoma still be in so many teams. Actually, when you look at the percentages, because I was really relieved to see him benched for Brighton, but then he came on and scored twice, ended on fourteen points, and that had yeah. a ah, big effect on the rank,
1: Matoma. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we always knew he was going to be a minute's rest, didn't we? But, you know, I don't think anyone expected a brace from Matoma, even after, you know, not starting. I suppose, I mean, the fixtures get really tough for Matoma in the next three, Villa, Liverpool, Man City. But um after that, you know, things look great, actually, for Brighton. And even with rotation, you, you can still imagine a lot of managers bringing him in, game week 10, potentially on a wild card. Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest. So we we know how good Matoma is and obviously he's just he's just shown exactly that.
2: And two of the so the deadline for for Game Week seven is in the UK time, Saturday, eleven AM. So we're back we're back to that again. And uh, two of the more sort of I don't know, some of the developing pieces of news to keep up on are uh, Bukayo Saka and James Madison? They've sort of both, sort of yet the yellow flagged on the website. Arteta says that Saka hasn't trained since since Sunday, and it's a possibility that he'll miss Bournemouth at the weekend. So that would be for someone so highly owned that could be a bit of a, a bit of a game changer, really. If if Arteta says something more concrete um, in this press conference and says he is out, then um probably punishes those who made an early transfer but that could open mm. up quite a few doors especially with James Madison seemed positive about his little knee knock but we're still wait- awaiting real news of his scan so what's um if we do find out that one or both of them are out what sort of routes should managers be taking with that well I I,
1: I just well obviously it depends on the kind of the 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 seriousness of both injuries Madison has, has come out and said he'll be fine um but it was quite a, it was quite a bad kind of ankle twist in the pictures that I saw but i think if you if you look at them both separately you you kind of have to look at the fact that Arsenal have some rough-ish fixtures over the next few weeks obviously they have Bournemouth mm-hmm. next, and going without Saka, if if Sackett is fit against Bournemouth, who are by the way conceding some really bad defensive stats, then mm. you know he could have a great week in game week seven, but after that, you know, Chelsea, Man City, and Newcastle in between Sheffield United. So I mean there is justification to selling um Saka probably a bit more than Madison because when you look at Madison's fixtures, they've got Liverpool, Luton, Fulham, Crystal Palace and Wolves in the next five. So I think I think long term People are going to want to try and keep hold of their Tottenham assets, so I think if, if if both could miss this next match day, then I think it would be it would make sense to bench Madison and potentially sell on Saka. But then it's but then with Saka, you you have to look at the potential replacements, right? And there isn't loads and loads of replacements that you could move to. You do, know, and a lot of people are going to look to Moussa Diaby, who mm-hmm. is a great point, under 7 million. He has Brighton next. Is that really a fixture that you want to attack? But then they do have Wolves, West Ham, Lewin, Forest and Fulham after that, so he could potentially be a move. Those without Mbumo, it's like Saka could be moved on to who again is quite cheap and can enable a potential Salah transfer in, but then Mbumo isn't exactly on the top of his game at the moment. I think he's blanked in the last two yeah, we've already touched on Matoma. Has some rough fixtures against the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, and Villa. So, yeah, I mean the replacements aren't fantastic. They're not exactly there. And again, it, it's one of those situations where if if Saka is injured, you're probably going to want to sell him. But there's just not too many replacements available. In a what? sense, I mean the the RB probably stands out to me personally
2: one other option is because he's not that much more expensive is to jump on sun if you don't have him already is to jump on sun a week early because after Liverpool he has sort of Luton and Fulham so that's that's one way to do it but it sort of leads nicely onto the one of the bigger topics to discuss and that is more Salah and he just he just he was another 10 points at the weekend and he still hasn't blanked his returns have been five, 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 eight, ten, ten. So he has had an incredible start to the season, and a decent chunk of managers already have him. Well done for that. But he's so expensive, and the feeling seems to be for those who are opting to use their wild card in upcoming weeks, then um, the the main reason for doing it is is to accommodate Salah, like get Salah back in and, and build a sort of a cheap defense and all that to enable that. Yeah. But um, I mean, he has been brilliant. But is it is it still essential to do that? Because the early method, sort of in preseason, when people weren't picking Salah, the logic was so many good midfielders out there, five-man midfield, you can spread the money out a bit. And it's it's kind of it is that is kind of working a bit. Like if you have some combination of Son, Saka, um, you know, Fernandez maybe starting to score a bit now. Those guys, Foden, Diaby, and Buemo, like that five-man midfield has been pretty strong for you so far. So, is the rush to get Salah back in? Is that um, like will you be doing the same, for example?
1: Well, I think what's important to highlight with Salah is he's not just going to be an asset in your team. He also kind of offers another captaincy. He he has another captaincy off option isn't he so you know you look at some of the fixtures moving forward Manchester City play Brighton but then Liverpool play Everton and then there's a there's a couple of fixtures there where you can bring him in for captaincy but also separately he's just very consistent isn't he like some of these players you know we we've we've had the likes of Bruno um, we've had the likes of Rashford um, and, and Son, and they just, although Son, we can, Son has great fixtures ahead. I think you can, I think there's, there's definitely a good opportunity to, for, there to maybe potentially lose a Man United asset who they have, they, they just haven't been convincing, have they? Like Bruno picked up a return last week, but Rashford has kind of picked up a couple of blanks lately as well. So I think with Sally, you just get rock solid consistency week in, week out. And it also helps that the kind of cheaper assets are becoming a little bit more popular. Again, got kind of just reverting back to D'Arby. You know, D'Arby, I think he's returning half his game so far, has great fixtures. And Bumo, again, he's not performing at the moment, but you know, he's still on penalties, he's still in an effective scoring Brighton, uh, a Brantford team. And then Matoma, he has good fixtures around 10, so I do feel like there is a good opportunity to bring Salah in and downgrade the more expensive options. Again, we we covered Saka, didn't we? You know, he he costs eight eight point seven million. I do think you could probably lose money there as well. So him, Rashford, Bruno, I think there's 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 a player to lose there, or a couple of players to lose. But Saka is, budget.
2: but Saka is delivering though. Like when he is playing, he is delivering. I think he's the joint top scoring midfielder alongside Son, one ahead of Salah. So, like, if... Um, it's not like he's an urgent seller or anything, is it, really?
1: No, I don't think any of the midfielders are an urgent sell, to be honest. I, I, I do think that... I mean, it all depends on Saka's injury news, right? If he's yeah. if he's going to miss Bournemouth, but then he plays Man City and Chelsea, I, I'm not... Again, you've already mentioned how, how informing... He is, but he's also got Champions League as well. I'm not too sure. You know, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? There's an argument to be made. There's definitely a debate on whether you can go without Salah or, or, whether, or whether to go with Salah. There's a, there's a genuine debate, debate there. But I am more on the side of bringing in cheaper budget midfielders with better fixtures and bringing in Salah, who is probably, well, he is the most consistent player of the game in, in terms of, you know, returning every March, isn't he?
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm planning the same sort of thing, to be honest. I'll probably get him in just because there is sort of a route. You know, if, if you pick a forward next to Haaland who's sort of no more than 6.5 and you take a bit of money out of defence because, you know, there's some good bargains in defence, have a 4.5 yeah. goalkeeper, it, it's, it's, it's fairly simple to fit Salah in, so... Financially, it's actually not a problem to have him. It's just that um, we knew all along, like in the summer, when we applied this logic, we knew Salah would produce. Maybe not, maybe there would have been a blank or two by now, but um, but we knew that not having Salah would hurt sometimes, but it will, there'll always be good players missing out. So yes, like if Salah does come in the team, that probably means not having... Um, Rashford or Son when they haul. I mean, Son's basically playing up front for Spurs now, so there'll always be, you know, you you think you've solved the problem by getting in Salah, but all all that's done really is um, kick out another really good player who's also going to haul and punish. So it's it's tough. It's it's a shame we can only have five midfielders. Um, probably I'm going I totally to
1: agree. There's, there's there's definitely an argument to not have Salah because it also means. Like you said, I mean, I've I'm I've got a plan in place where I can fit the likes of Sonin and 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 Rashford, and potentially lose Bruno and Saka. But there are, you know, and but Trippier is another player that I can't fit in my mm-hmm. team due to the plan of bringing Salah in. So there is a genuine debate, and obviously, we're going to see big swings, aren't we, between uh, non-Salah teams and Salah teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I, there's definitely an argument you know, for and against Salah.
2: Yeah, there totally is. And of course, if, if uh, managers are planning on wild carding around sort of game weeks nine or 10, that, that means you can, for the next couple of weeks, just do a couple of short-term puns. So if, if Saka does miss out, then you can sort of sub him out knowing that he'll be back in in a couple of weeks after Man City and survive. so that. So that, it takes pressure off that a bit. Um, so you can sort of bounce around for a couple of weeks and then see how it settles after you after the international break. But yeah, after after saying all that and trying to play a devil's advocate with Salah, I'm probably the same as well. Just gonna get him in because it is doable. But at the same time that um if it's Salah or Sun, I don't think Sun would be a terrible option either. Um so this week, this week is the first double game week of the season. Although, in fairness, it's only one match, and it's sort of two of the less um, active FPL sides: Luton versus Burnley. That was postponed in game week two because Luton Stadium wasn't quite ready, um, and it's been rearranged and it was double game week seven. And yeah, they've sort of. They've moved it to there. Are you interested in any players from either side? Carlton Morris, for example, on um, on fantasy football community on our website, we have a duo goal uh, regular where we just sort of look at players who haven't scored more than once in the last four games, but have lots of good underlying stats that suggest that goals are coming. And um, he he's featured. Morris is featured. He's had an XG of one point four six over the last four games. and um, as expected goals. and um, he's on penalties too and he's about to play twice. So it it it's kind of all coming together for Morris, is it? Especially if you're a Jackson seller, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean the issue the issue there is is, is that it's looting, isn't it? <laughs> it depends it depends how how kind of and, and we, we talked about this on the on the on the last pardon. How I like to attack double game weeks, and no matter how 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 bad the team are, you know, I, I, the more the more games, the merrier, basically. But I am really, really struggling. I, obviously, you've already mentioned the standard option, which is Colin Morris. He leads, he leads the attack. He takes penalties. His, his expected data isn't great; it's poor. But he does face two teams who aren't in great form either. I know we know that Avon just beat Brentford three-one. Burnley have looked okay, but if I, you know, the bottom line is that defensively they're they're still conceding goals, and both of them conceding a lot of goals, and and they're just two teams, you know, you you would target normally, right? So, I think Colton Morris does stand out as you know the the most obvious pick to bring into your team this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, I should have mentioned, yeah, it's Luton, so it's away to Everton, and then it's home to Burnley, which which um on paper for any other team is is an outstanding pair, but um for Luton um who did they did get the draw at the weekend. Um but it's mm. it's maybe less obvious for them. Burnley travel to Newcastle and then travel to Luton. So it's it's tougher for them. Um actually the, the Morris penalty at the weekend, the assist went to Luton wing back Kabore, who was very popular Ooh. as a as a four million option. It was it was an assist, although it was kind of like assisting a handball. So, you know, was it um in real life that might not count as an assist, but um on the game it does. he's so certainly the managers who have had him, uh, would you play his double over some of the sort of if you've got a Man City defender and they're against Wolves, you've got Newcastle at home to Burnley, um, if you've got Chilwell and want to stick by him. Um, Fulham's a good game. Arsenal have got form of their good games. Would would you play Kabore's two over any of those?
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure what to do this week. I've got Kabore in my starting lineup because obviously has the double game week. But I do have to make a tough decision on whether to start him ahead of one of the Newcastle defenders or Astapinan. Astapinan is currently on my bench first sub, but it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't look or feel right. I think if I was I think if I was, if I didn't own Kabore, I'm not too sure I'd bring him in. Um, mm. Similar to Carlton Morris, he's just—I'm not too sure if I'm gonna, if I do want to bring him in. But if you've got Kabore, then there is a debate there on whether to start him ahead of the likes of maybe a Manchester City defender or a Newcastle defender, or even Astapinan. Who you know who plays at Aston Villa side who are scoring goals? You know, although we know Aston can create assists or score goals without the clean sheet and still do well.
2: Yeah, there's a Brighton yet yeah, to keep a clean sheet, but there's Esteban returning fairly often. That 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 shows how uh, how good of an asset he is, and in a way, yeah. sort of fixture proof because he'll he'll when he went to Arsenal at the end of last season and. and got 17 points it just showed that this fearless brighton can do anything but yeah it would be tempting if you had a double double game week to play that over that's the opinion and um on our best differentials piece on the website you mentioned Kaminsky the goalkeeper yeah um I suppose if you own Jordan Pickford this wouldn't be the week because they do have Luton at home. So this this you would you would think this would be finally be the week for him possibly. Um uh, but yeah he, for those wanting to switch goalkeeper he he could be an interesting way in.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. I think because goalkeepers are a bit frustrating at the moment, aren't they? Everyone seems to be struggling. Jordan Pickford um the biggest the biggest issue and I, I personally own Jordan Pickford. And I, I do think you could go for Kaminsky at 4.5 million, but again, it's it, the, the schedule. The long-term schedule doesn't look great. I suppose if you're wild carding straight after, then you can take those punts, can't you? You can bring in the likes of Kaminsky and Carlton Morris. But if you're not wild they have Tottenham straight after that, and then a Forest side who look good, and then a Villa side who look good, and Liverpool. It, it just long term, it just it's it doesn't feel logical to bring in Luton players, and of course you're wild carding, but then even if you are wild carding, you're still sacrificing, you know, good assets um, in your side already, you know, with potentially good fixtures, just, just because Luton have a double game week.
2: Yeah. I think we've been burnt people in the FPL community have been burnt many times before by this sort of thing, like that Watford one, that infamous Watford double the other year with Emmanuel Dennis and, and Josh King and all that lot. And, All those captaincies that went on Dennis, and uh, that was a disaster. So, I I think people have learned from that experience and and maybe are wondering should we bother with this one too much? Um, You know, possibly Morris, possibly, you know, if you've got a Luton defender already, yes. If you've got like a cheap Burnley defender like Bayer, maybe less likely because the Newcastle game sort of diminishes that appeal even more yeah so yeah, sort of, so it is a double game week which is normally good but perhaps with some other fixtures being so good it's might not be worth putting too much attention on it with you would say 100%
1: yeah totally agree I think personally I'm going to be avoiding transferring and looting players. I think the only uh, decision I have to make personally, and we'll probably touch upon that uh, again later, is 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 Kabore and starting him ahead of uh, a Newcastle defender, or Astapina. Yeah, that that's
2: it's a genuine debate, I suppose. Um, in terms of stat of the week, I saw earlier on on the Fantasy Football Scout members area that the player with the second most penalty area touches this season is Kulisevsky from Spurs, which yeah, all the attention that's gone on, well, that was on Richarlison and then Madison and now Sun. But actually there's quietly Kulisevsky on two goals, sort of playing almost every minute. And he could be, and he's 7 million, so he's a bit less. So he he is a sort of differential Um. From certain game week eight, when Spurs have looted, Uh is kind of a little bit under the radar. Mm. So yeah, well. I agree,
1: hundred percent. We know how good the Spurs' attack is at the moment, right? You know they're scoring what two goals nearly every single match they play in. So I think if you if you were looking to go a little bit cheaper potentially than Son, who's nine point two, and Madison potentially injured but still seven point nine, so nearly a million more expensive, I think. Kuliszkowski could be a great differential. He's under two percent owned as well, which, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think he could do could do really well. And speaking of differentials,
2: I think we're going to start um, every week, sort of bringing both of us selecting someone who has differential potential, a player that has under ten percent ownership, but who we back to have a pretty good weekend. And you did, you picked out a few on our website. Didn't you? And um yeah. I suppose so you, you've mentioned on that piece Kaminsky as well as Bowen, Wilson and Jesus. Do you still stick with that?
1: Yeah, I really like Bowen for um for the for the round I had especially you know he's he's got a great fixture. He's 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 returning as well, you know. He's he's not like he's got he's just got a good fixture. He seems to do really, really well against promoted teams. Um, I, I know a lot of big players do, but Bowen has a, a really interesting record. He's, again, he's already picked up four returns in his first six matches. And I just think with how Sheffield United crumbled against Newcastle, he he, he could just be a really, really good asset. You know, although the fixtures are amazing moving forward for Bowen, but the, you know, the, he still does play um Villa, Everton, Brantford, Forest and Burnley. So again, the the fixtures aren't crazy tough, but you know, I, I, I just think he is he is someone who could do could do really well this week. Yeah.
2: And certainly from uh, certainly from game week ten if if someone sort of keeps their wild card off for that long yeah. or something like that. From Game Week 10 the fixtures really do pick up. I know I I I'm looking at a game week 10 wildcard and Bowen's straight in there but um, in the meantime yeah, this Sheffield United game uh, it's, you don't know what Sheffield United you're going to get because they have just lost 8-0 to Newcastle but then the week before they were on the verge of a great win at Spurs until that stoppage time come back so you know, which version of that defence are we going to get here basically but, but Bowen is, is a really good option and he's had a great start last season was a bit Underwhelming and and it would be because the year before that he he scored 12 goals and 17 assists, so it 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 was that was never going to be matched. But at the same time, the sort of the shot conversion rate was poor, it wasn't quite there. But he's been given the price drop this year. His form, I guess, over time, we'll see if his form sort of veers towards last season or the season before. Hopefully, it's the season before because then we've got another fantastic. FPL option on our hands in midfield because that's what we need. More good
1: midfielders. Yeah, exactly. It's worth mentioning that the only the only players he he's kind of blanked against is Chelsea and Manchester City. So, you know, two teams who are kind of maintaining good you know, defensive data. And, you know, he, he, he returned against Liverpool. Again, he picked up against promoted side and Luton, hauled against Brighton and obviously got the nine points on, on on the first game week, in the first game against Bournemouth. So, yeah, I I, I do think he could be um, a good, good asset. Yeah. So, and
2: in pre-season, David Moyes did mention um, possibly using Bowen as a centre forward. But um, it's been Antonio... Starting every game so far, but at some point, perhaps, um, when the schedule with you know now that Europe's here, at some point Antonio will get his rest, and perhaps he prefers Bowen up front to Danny Ings, perhaps. So it's definitely watch watch the space in regards to Bowen. I think if I was to pick one out, I would probably I don't like going with Newcastle in FPL unless it becomes absolutely essential. But I'm probably gonna mm. say Anthony Gordon simply because Harvey Barnes is injured now. Yeah, um, yeah. And Joe Linton's still not quite right. So certainly for this weekend at home to Burnley, um, Barnes could be out the saying months rather than weeks. Gordon is, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but he has really been like a new signing this season. He, he looks totally different to um, his easing in period. He's got two goals and three assists. Um was brilliant when he came on against Sheffield United. And... He's 5.6 million, so he's really cheap. So if if someone had, let's say, like, for example, in my situation, I've got Saka and Madison. Now, if for some reason they were to both get ruled out, we attempt to take a four-point hit to bring in Salah and Gordon in their place. That would sort of resolve a few things. It would suddenly push the wild card further down the line. But mm. I do think he's a he's becoming a really good asset, and certainly for those around the 5.5 area, he could be the standout pick. The only thing is he's he's on four yellows as well. Um, so he, he is one away from a suspension. So he might not be a long-termer. That's the thing. Maybe um, he could be one of those players who gets four and then his manager has a word with him and he just never gets that fifth. But as we've just seen uh, with Jackson, he could also just get his fifth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that would be my only concern, Gordon. I totally agree. He he's he's looked so good this season, and obviously the injury to Barnes will make him a lot more um reliable in terms of minutes. So, and the fixtures are great, aren't they for Newcastle? It's just that four yellow cards, um, the four like four yellow cards. I I just feel like Gordon is such a yellow card player, isn't he? Like, yeah, you, know, you just feel it. I feel if I brought him in, he would get a yellow card straight away.
2: Yeah, it does. It does feel like it's coming, probably. Um, and the, the evidence is there so far. He's already picked up four. What are you, um? So, what are your plans for
1: for game week seven
2: with your team? What What are you thinking right now?
1: So, well, obviously the the biggest the biggest issue. There's a lot to kind of get through this week because we've obviously got the double game week. I own the Luton player, so again, I've already mentioned the fact that I am kind of debating between starting Kabore ahead of either Shaw, Botman or Estepina. So that would be my, the first decision, decision I have to make, and I'm leaning on the side of playing ahead of Estepenam. The, uh, the second major problem is mainly the injuries to Saka and Madison. Now, we've already seen that Madison could potentially be okay. We don't know what's going on with Saka. I just, I just feel like if they're both injured, I'm not too. Sh- I'm not a hundred percent. I would want to take it. So, what I could potentially do is maybe bring in some this week. Basically, whoever's injured or whoever is, it's tough, isn't it? Because we don't know if if it's a long term injury, if it's short term, if they're going to miss a game, and if they're going to be back next week. So, a lot. There's a lot of variables there to kind of consider. But the bottom line is. There's two midfielders I'm looking at um, for the next few weeks. Salah is one of them. I'm not too sure he. I'm going to rush to bring him in this week against Tottenham. But I do think the likes of Diaby and Son could do well. Obviously, we've seen Son. I think he's picked up is it 36 points in the last three games or something crazy. I just think he he is a priority for me. Um, Diaby as well he potentially comes in to enable Salah long-term, but I think I'm hoping to only have to make one transfer this week. So I'm basically relying on either Saka or Madison being fit. Now I'm hoping if I had to pick one of them to, to, to kind of have a lesser injury, it's Madison because I want him long-term Saka. I wouldn't mind so much because I think the plan is to sell him anyway. So, yeah, I think I'd probably move Saka to either Son or, or Derby this week, potentially.
2: Yeah. And the thing with Saka is I don't know how to word this <laughs> the player getting injured isn't isn't good, obviously. But from an FPL no. perspective, like it feels like Saka really is sort of a non entity. Like he's he's just uh, got fourteen points at the weekend, but you didn't really get much gain from it because he's so highly owned. So if he's injured all of a sudden that's like a it's like a breath of fresh air into the team because it you open again and you can pick a yeah. differential. It's it's like you've got like between Haaland and Estepinion and and Saka, for example, you you've got sort of three players keeping the team up who aren't really gonna it's about the others that they're the ones who are gonna make you rise. But if Saka's out, all of a sudden, wow, okay, there's an extra slot there, an extra place to do some damage and to fire up the rankings and stuff. So sometimes sometimes that's needed. So yeah, especially if it's a short term thing and you know a wild card's coming out soon. If it could just take Saka out and have a reason to take Saka out for two or three weeks, that that could be brilliant. Uh, as mentioned there, just sort of thinking like Salah, maybe Gordon, Sun, Sun's a nice one as well. But then again if if they're fine and, and Saka and Madison are both fit to play. I'm not really sure what 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 to do with the transfer. I might roll it, to be honest.
1: Um, and yeah, I totally agree. I think if if they're both okay, then I would probably roll my transfer as well. To be honest.
2: The only thing is, if if um, as a Ruben Diaz owner, if he if he was to play against Newcastle in the cup on Wednesday, and knowing that they've got a Champions League game the next week, it would be slightly I don't a second guess Guardiola, but could yeah. that be the game he misses, and therefore should he be the defender go out maybe bring in someone like cash maybe I don't know but uh it's all it's all hypothetical, we just need things to happen before deciding that and um, before um, we move on to the questions from the community bit, I just want to mention that we are delighted to be nominated for the football content awards at uh, at fantasy football community um and it's the first time we have been it's it's the category is fantasy football editorial, and I think it was it eighth or ten nominees. There's there's a few there, and we're, we're one of them. So thank you very much mm. for people who have um, mentioned us in the earlier stage, and um, it would mean a lot if if you were able to vote for us. You can either do it via a form on their website on the football content awards website. There's also a a line you can tweet that says. I am voting in, tag the FCA's for Fantasy Football Community in Best in Fantasy Football Editorial. Um, It's a bit of a mouthful. that, And there's also a way you can do it on the relevant Instagram post simply by tagging us in the comment section of that post. So there's a few ways to vote, but um, overall, just thank you very much for that. And it's, it's a great honor to be among some of the other candidates, really. And from the community, we have one question this week, um, and it's from Suvathi Roy. Should I start Sun against
1: Liverpool or Embuemo against Nottingham Forest? Tough one, isn't it? Both on uh, both potentially on penalties. Um, I think I think you have to back Son here. You know, Mbimo, he's playing away at Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest haven't looked like an easy team this season, OK, Liverpool could also be tough. But I just, I look at Tottenham and and how informed they are. And we saw this against Arsenal. Um, They, they carried that scoring form into into the derby. So, I, I just feel, personally, Son, you know, advanced in a, in a advanced, central advanced position, potentially with penalties. He's also in form and a boomer. And boomers, you know, he's in the middle of a little dip at the moment. I think I would back Son there.
2: Yeah, form versus fixtures, isn't it? First of all, Savassi, so well, well done for having a. You got. You must have a really good squad if that's what it's coming down to. If if, if uh, the attack's so
1: good that only one of those
2: can be picked. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't want to banch any of them to be honest.
2: Yeah, I really wouldn't want to. Um. So that's probably a good place to wrap things up. So it's been a pleasure to have you on this pod, Lewis. Thanks for your expertise, Great. as always. Uh, please make sure to check out FF Community's website, which embraces everything about the world of fantasy football, including games for the Premier League, Champions League, MLS, and several around Europe. Uh, feel free to give us a follow on Twitter, at FF Community underscore. I keep calling it Twitter, but it's X now, but whatever. Um, and we hope you join us next time. Thanks for listening.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.